Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 10. We're in double figures. Very excited today um, because we're not just in double figures on Entmoot podcast, but this is the third part of the Ardacon trilogy, uh, the third and final part of the Ardacon trilogy. If you don't know, uh, then check back at the previous two episodes if you've missed a couple uh, or if you haven't encountered us before. Um, Ardacon is the biggest Middle-Earth strategy battle game uh, podcast, uh, Middle-Earth strategy battle game tournament in the world. Uh, 200 or so um, players were there uh, at the tournament in Manchester just last weekend. So uh, very exciting times. Um, And this is the third part and the main part of the podcast um, for the the tournament because uh, up until now I've done some green dragon crossovers uh, we've talked about the masters tournament which is something on the Friday which is inviting all the winners of big tournaments around the world to compete in a knockout tournament uh, we've had the doubles uh, which I partnered up with Jasmine um, on the first day of the tournament played three games that was great um, and uh, there's also Chaos in Arda which I didn't really touch on um, but Chaos in Arda is a little sort of mini game to get us all started invented by Devin Marino and the folk at the DCHL uh, over in America so very exciting uh, first couple of episodes we had some Green Dragon crossover last episode catching up with the uh, guys and gals from the Green Dragon podcast if you haven't heard that absolutely check it out it's a, it's a ball of laughs and they really know their stuff talk about lists and and various different debates about the game uh, and in the last episode actually we had a bit of a debate about slow playing or fast playing and about the speed at which we play games in tournaments so uh, do check that out if you fancy fancy a bit of uh, food for thought for future games um thank you very much for your kind comments about uh, about the discussion there it was uh, very nice of you to say but uh, this entmoot podcast is back to the usual format so uh, the last couple have been a bit of a sort of break from tradition. We've had uh, green dragons and all that sort of stuff. This time, it's just me, and I'll be talking to the opponents I play in Ardacon, and I'll be uh, doing lots of different exciting things like talking about my list in a few minutes' time, and also uh, playing Riddles in the Dark, uh, my little little audio based game where you tell me who speaks next and uh, what they say in a clip uh, after I've played a clip in the movie. So uh, so all that coming up on the podcast. Um, but first I thought it'd be worth just telling you a little about Ardacon. Um, there's a few big deals uh, at Ardacon. Basically, the first thing is it's 750 points. Um, and it's team-based stuff. So a lot of people have unusual lists. Um, because uh, in the team, you're not allowed to take more than one of the same hero. So uh, I wouldn't say unusual list, but it's good because this means you're not playing against loads and loads of different, you know, same characters. You're not going to be facing the Witch King over and over again. You're not going to be facing Boromir over and over again or Legolas over and over again. So there's advantages to that, which is fantastic. Um, And also uh, it, it just adds to this idea that, you know, Perhaps you come along with eight people from your home country or from your local area in terms of people from the UK. Um, so it, it just means that you're less likely to play people that you already play. Well, you, you don't play anyone that you or play a lot um, until maybe the last game if you're both in the top two, uh, which I think you'll find that I, I, I'm unlikely to be there. So um, so that's that's kind of the setup for the tournament. In a slightly wonky way round, rather than going straight into the tournament in a bit's time, um, I'm going to do the list in the riddles in the dark, but then I'm going to talk to tournament organiser James Clark. 
um, because James Clark is uh, a stalwart of the hobby community, the Hobbit community, um, because he's been working away at Ardacon for years, making this what it is, and it's a really tough job um, gathering people from across the globe to and convincing them to come over to the UK, to Manchester, to play Toy Soldiers for three days. So I want, really wanted to find out a bit more about the inspiration behind that and, you know, uh, how he does it. So uh, we'll hear from him in a bit. Uh, we'll also hear from the winner of Ardacon, find out who that is later, and we'll also hear from the, all the players I play against throughout the weekend. So all that coming up on the show. But first, it seems only right that I tell you the army I'll be taking to Ardacon. So, my army consists of a kind of a favourite of mine for the last uh, six months to a year. Um, I've been trying to refine this to make it a bit better, make it a bit more work more competitively, perhaps. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. It's very solid, very solid indeed, um, and it's very tough to kill. So, I'm, I'm quite like it. But I'll go into the downsides in a minute. So let's go through the army. First of all, 33 models, 750 points. The Kingdom of Khazadum. So the first warband is led by Durin for 160 points. Durin's just a, he's just a beefcake. Uh, defense nine. He's got one fate only, three wounds, but he has a six plus a re-roll. Uh, well, it's kind of a reusable fate for six plus that you never run out of. So that's quite good. Um, it's not always going to help, but you know it's it's useful. And you can obviously mark that one as well because it's uh, used in the same way as a fate point. So uh, there's that. He's pretty tough. Um, he's strength four, uh, defense nine, as I said, and he's uh, got a mastercrafted weapon, so he can uh, go two-handed with no downside. He's got a horn. Uh, uh, he causes terror. Um, so he's got a lot of stuff. I mean, the horn's great against Army of the Dead. Terror's great against orcs and stuff. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going for him. He's got the Barlin, uh, the sorry, Ring of Durin, so he can re-roll one priority fay, uh, thing in the priority. So you know, it's got he's got a lot of little bits going for it. Obviously, he's a dwarf, so he moves doesn't move very far, and he can't have a horse. But three attacks, strength four, burly, not bad. Uh, okay, then we've got more burly stuff. We've got sixteen half guard. So these are the uh, defense seven, Kazard uh, guard, strength four, fight four. And, of course, uh, they're burly, so they can go two-handed uh, for no downside, which is just so good. Um, you know, they're killing most things on fives, uh, a lot of things on fours, and, you know, elves and stuff on threes, which is just insane. So um, they're really tough, and obviously Defence 7 means most armies are wounding them on sixes, which is uh, just so great. Then I've got a Dwarf Warrior with a banner and shield. Now, um, this is because, obviously, half guard uh, don't get the... They don't get the spears uh, in the Dur in Khazadum, uh, um, so we just that banner is really important. So, uh, although I'll expand on that a little bit more in a second. Now, Warband Two, led by the King's Champion and two Heralds, so 140 points of those. I ummed and about uh, taking um, what's the name guy's name with the spear, uh, Mardin. Um, I'm undenied about it. I've had him before. Martin can be very useful. He's a fight six spear, which is pretty good. Um, but and he's got three might but the, I needed I, I just found I needed King uh, a strike more heroic strikes Martin doesn't have that he has strength um, and I needed heroic strikes just to be able to go toe to toe with big heroes um, especially if you've only got one Durin uh, with a strike um, then you just you've only got five might points uh, well you've only got three might points to strike with and 
I found that, yeah, I needed a bit more strike. So King's Champion is a bit of a beefcake, three attacks, uh, strength five, insanely, and obviously piercing strikes. He can go up to defense nine with um, with the two heralds backing him up. So he's a tough tough nut to crack. So um, King's Champion. Then we've got three Vault Warden teams. And as I mentioned, you can't get spears. Yes, you can. So the Vault Warden team's idea behind uh, the inclusion of these is to have a defense nine shield and then a spear. Now, they're meant to fight together because if you fight with just the shield on its own, even if you're shielding, it's minus one to your dual roll. But if you have a spear behind it, you don't get that minus one. So that seems like, oh yeah, I'll keep them together. I don't do that. I put the defense nine shields anywhere I like, on the sides of the ranks to uh, just stop people trying to flank me. I, I put them into big heroes uh, that are strength four because they just n- struggle to kill them. Um, so I've, I've charged into things like chariots before, into Aragorns without Anduril, you know, these sorts of things, just to hold them up for sometimes two, three turns, sometimes just one but usually more than one turn. I shield, um, and, you know, you get minus one to the dual, but if you win, still strength four, fight four, so, you know, pretty good. Um, And the spears, they go elsewhere. So they are backing up people like Durin. They're backing up the half guard in the centre just to get that extra dice to sort of make make your advantage in the centre. That's the idea, anyway. Uh, then the final warband is led by Dwarf King at 75 points. These are pretty good. They're fight six. There are two attacks. They've got uh, Courage six, I think. Um, they've got two will, uh, one fate. So, you know, these are pretty good. They're captains as well, essentially. So they've got March. He's got Resolve, although I can't see myself using that very often because I'll be using it for moves on March. But um, Dwarf King, fight six, you know. It's, it's, it's If you get a Dwarf King into you, strength four, um, defense eight... Um, and you're, uh, you know, a, a captain or a, 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 even a big hero, like like I mentioned, the Aragorns of the world. Um, if you lose against the Dwarf King, then, you know, you're in trouble. Uh, you're going to lose a, you know, you're going to potentially get chopped to bits. Um, so I, I, the idea here is to try and get people to strike, uh, take away some of your strikes. So if I send you into Aragorn, uh, or not Aragorn perhaps, but someone like your Haldirs or your I don't know, uh, other other leaders like that uh, that can strike or Faramirs stuff like that, that you know if you, if you charge into this guy and uh, and don't strike you're going to be in trouble uh, or you're potentially in trouble, so that's the idea of the Dwarf King and also crucially he's got March so I can send people quickly up uh, the other side of the board for especially for Recon but also for Seize the Prize and other uh, missions like that which need a bit more movement so that's the idea behind the Dwarf King I'm not not convinced that it really makes up for the speed of uh, of the Dwarves but we'll see we'll see we'll see uh, then we've got two Vault Warden teams so again same idea as the previous one so we've got five in total Vault Warden teams so five Defence 9 shields shielding five spears to smash in the middle of that Hearthguard line to make sure we break through Finally, just for points, a dwarf warrior with nothing else. So he's just got a single axe, no shield, because uh, it was a choice between giving a shield to the banner or him, and obviously the banner is the better choice. So uh, that's what I did. Dwarf warrior, he's probably going to do nothing, might just wander around, get shot, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, anyway, so there you go. That's my 750 points, 33 models. So, uh, and like I say, the lowest defense is defense six. 
and they're on spears that are always going to be behind the uh, main rank. The highest is defence nine on the uh, on the uh, the Durin and the Vault Warden teams and the King's Champion and Heralds. You've got three banners in there, um, which is incredible. Um, it spreads it out, and actually, I don't feel like I'm paying for three banners because the King's Champions two banners are kind of freebies I think 140 points you're getting a, a, stri- a hero with two might and three attacks at strength five <laughs> defense seven as standard and then bumped up to defense nine those banners you're not really paying 50 points for those are you because 90 points for a king's champion um, would be absolutely dirty cheap so uh, so there you go uh, so three banners uh, that's good for that and we've got march so we've got the movement hopefully for uh, your movie scenarios so that is the 750 points list i'm going to be taking to Ardacon. so without much further ado i think it's around about time that we start thinking about heading over to manchester but first it's time for riddles in the dark So Riddles in the Dark is my uh, regular game in which we play a little bit of a clip from the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit movies and it's mostly sound effects, a bit of music and you have to guess what the... well, you have to guess who speaks next and what they say in the clip. So uh, I've, we've had some uh, great entries this week. So, uh, let, well, let's play you last week's clip first of all. Uh, it went something a little bit like this. And lots of people have been in touch uh, at entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let's have a look at the the emails. So uh, we've got one from Sam Hoodie. Uh, thanks, Sam, for getting in touch. Uh, by Jove, he says, I think I've got it. Is it? Yes. You say, is it? If it's wrong again, I will howl and cry myself to sleep. But, Sam, you got it right. Don't you worry. Uh, I'll read out the answer, of course, in a second. Dan... Uh, Dan Boxholm, thanks very much for getting in touch. You say, OK, I didn't get in touch with the last one because I thought I had more time. You cheekily done me over with that last one. Uh, I jest, you got me there last week. Uh, I initially thought it was Helm's Deep again, with the battlements exploding. But while I was researching, you dropped another show out under my nose, you said. Uh, yeah, so that was, sorry, that was referring to the previous ones, uh, which I think you were wrong. But anyway, this week is easy, you say. The next line is from... Yes, Dan, you've got it. Bang on the money. Well done. Uh, who else we've got? Oh, Benny Gonzalez, regular con- uh, regular contactee for the show. Thanks very much for getting in touch again, Benny. Uh, you say, hope hopefully, this isn't half lol. Um, well, I'm not quite sure. What's that. I think that's referring to a joke I made in the previous episode. And then you've got the answer. Bang on the money. Well done, Benny. Excellent work. Thank you very much. Albert's been in touch. Albert says, ah, this musical score is ingrained into my subconscious. It is, of course, the scene with... X, Y, and Z off on the horizon. Oh, and a rogue car off on the horizon. Wow, I've never spotted that before. Uh, so it's with X, Y, and a rogue car on the, off on the horizon. I have to look. The line is, and of course you get it. Uh, finally, uh, Rowan Cooksey. Thank you very much, Rowan. I got one, you say. Hi, Harry. Big fan of the podcast. Been desperately clamoring for more MESBG content to paint to, and I've really enjoyed Enmute so far. Keep the great work. Thank you very much, Rowan. Well, thanks for getting in touch for uh, the first time for the uh, podcast, and uh, you get to the reveal. Uh, I'm pretty sure the answer to the seven riddle in the dark is this is it. This is what? 
If I take one more step, this is the farthest away from home I've ever been, says Sam. Of course, I do my best Sam accent there. Of course, well done, Rowan. You got it bang on the money. And uh, well done to everyone. Sam, Dan, Benny, Albert and Rowan, you all got it correct. And I'm sure if you were listening at home, you had a good guess as well. So uh, if you didn't get in touch this time, don't worry. That's fine. Uh, maybe try the next pod- uh, Maybe try for the next podcast, which it will be coming up in a few weeks' time. Now, the next one, of course, is uh, coming up in a second. Uh, but if you need the email address, it is entmootpodcast at gmail.com uh, to email in. This is it. So, without much further ado, let's smash into this week's Riddle in the Dark. Yep, that is the clip. One more time for luck. And just another go, just so you can get your head around it. I know it's hard first time round. So finally, the riddle in the dark for this week, you need to find out who is speaking next in this clip and what they say. Excellent stuff. Right, with riddle in the dark out of the way... uh, we're going to head over to Ardacon, the biggest Lord of the Rings Middle-Earth strategy battle game tournament in the world. And I'm going to talk to the man himself, James Clark, the big organiser of this wrangling 200 and something people from around the world. It's got to be difficult. So I'm going to have a chat with him all about the tournament. Yeah, Mr. Robo, where are you off to? Stop, I'm already late. Okay, well, so we're standing in the international suite in the Mercure Hotel in Manchester. Cathe- uh, it just looks like a cathedral in here with, the, with, with all the sparkling chandeliers and the flags from all the world and hundreds, well, about a hundred and something tables scattered around the room, all with uh, Middle-earth terrain on, of course. And this is all because of Ardacon, the big tournament of the year uh, in the GBHL calendar and, I suppose, across the world. And the man behind it is James Clark, and you're, you're, we're here with me. James, first of all, I mean, it must be a bit of a relief seeing all this out, the tables out, you've got people filling up in the bar next door and, God, it must be uh, a sense of relief now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm worried that I'm not more worried. <laughs> normally, normally at this point, I'm so running on adrenaline mm. uh, that it's untrue. But everything looks like it's going well. We've been doing this a long time now. This is the fourth Ardacon, so thank you everybody from around the world for supporting us. Uh, because without those guys who are coming over from Canada, America, New Zealand, Australia, all different parts of Europe... We couldn't have the international event that we've got, so it's uh, it's something quite incredible, especially seeing them all getting drunk together in the bar. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got people playing pool tournaments and everything next door, already getting competitive. Uh, I think uh, 230 or so people, so this is officially the, the largest this is the biggest Middle one Earth ever. tournament. This is the biggest one ever, so you know we're, we're very, very proud of it. Uh, we always get a 10% dropout. I think any large tournament will expect that, but we sold 236 tickets. I think there's going to be about 222. That's what I'm going to stake my my uh, my bets on uh, for this weekend, which is an awful lot. Uh, but as you can see, there's plenty of space for everybody, loads of room. I think I think that's the thing. Even though there's so many tables, so much terrain, 
there is a lot of room. You don't mm. feel like you're crammed in in this space. You know, it's quite awe-inspiring. Yeah, and, and I, did, I said it as a cathedral and the, the, the chandeliers are this kind of like a, like we're praying at the altar of Middle Earth strategy the, battle game. We're missing the stained glass, that's yeah. all, isn't it? You know. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, you mentioned, you, you know, we've got these flags on the, uh, hanging off the balcony up there. Um, we, we, you sort of said getting all these people across the world. First of all, how did you do this? Because it must be incredibly difficult to convince people who literally live across the world to spend thousands of pounds, potentially, on a trip to Manchester just to play toy soldiers. How did you start organising this way back when, originally? I don't think it would be right of me to to take full credit. Uh, Articom was inspired, as many people know, by an incredibly generous offer from Devin Moreno of the DCHL. He obviously runs a YouTube channel and is heavily involved in the Nova Open Mm -hmm. in the States. And he made a a fantastic offer to me and the guys from the GBHL podcast to to head over there and experience something that I'd never experienced before. I'd never been to a big wargaming convention uh, in a hotel and to have all of those people there united by this one thing. Different parts of the world, different gaming systems even, all united by, by being incredibly passionate about this type of hobby, it, it was inspiring to me. So I came back and thought it'd be amazing to do something like this specifically for Lord of the Rings. Obviously, we'd been working very hard to try and uh, be part of breathing some life back into a mm-hmm. game that was, uh, you know, in the desolate wastelands, some, some, some might say. Yeah, um, I mean, it was dying until, uh, until you guys sort of came back into the scene and sort of, like you say, breathed some life into it, I think so. A, a big team effort, not from myself and the, and the guys who were involved in the podcast, but from tournament organisers around the country, everybody involved in the Great British Hobbit League. Uh, and to, just to be fair, even people who engaged with us and left us comments and... Uh, and came to events and we, and we noticed early on with the Desolation Stockport which I guess is, was the original uh, UK big tournament run by Jamie Giblin and myself uh, that we were getting attendees from around the world we were getting guys coming over from Norway from Sweden uh, and making those journeys uh, and I guess Articon is the extension of that what we realised very, very early on is, is what's important, is that you uh, support those guys who have been supporting their communities and their parts of the world as much as you can. And I guess uh, we've taken that to the next level with the SBG System Open Series idea, mm-hmm. where we provide tournament support, marketing support, going forward prize support and the like to a, a flagship event. Uh, in most of the big SBG communities around the world and invite the winners to come and be part of this um, you know and, we, and we've got team captains who are a big part of that so I guess a big shout out to, to everyone there because uh, they they are the ones that, that I guess half fill this room with, mm. with more people from outside of the UK than we have here from the UK which is quite unbelievable right yeah it's insane and like you say that but the organization that goes in i was going to bring up the spg system open because you've you've come up with this great idea to have a kind of a masters tournament this year where you know we're getting getting some like literally the best players around from around the globe and although in the previous articles we've had some of the best players around the globe uh, still this there's a sort of a refined element to this one that you know you're pitching them dead against each other with a view to hopefully finding out you know that that ultimate gaming champion but i i I guess just the organisation of that and trying to rally everyone together must be an absolute nightmare. Other other gaming systems do it. I have since having my my uh, two daughters. Uh, have yes, that, congratulations um, on the second, by th- the way. Thank, thank you very much. Obviously, that has that has taken, <laughs> made a massive dent in my hobby time, amongst many many other things. Uh, 
So I have been playing a little bit more X-Wing mm. of late, uh, you know, less hobby hobby time involved, a quicker game set up and the like. Uh, obviously, it's a much larger uh, game than SBG in terms of player base, uh, and they very much sort of follow this model that you can travel to local events that give the next level of event uh, attendance a surprise so you can go to a regional and that gives you qualification to a nationals Mm -hmm. which then gives you qualification to a system open now whilst the SBG community isn't quite at that stage um, I I very much think that we could use Ardacon which is already as you said before bringing together teams of some of the best players from around the world to compete in both individual and team based tournament play um, to then give a bit of intrigue with with a Masters event to be able to gift those tickets out uh, you know, pe- people are interested by things like Masters and, are, you know, people can play SBG in any game on different levels, right? Mm. You know, you can play this game and you can be the themiest of theme, fluffy, fluffy person who is not interested in whether you win a game or not. Uh, and on the other side of it, you can be somebody who, you know, really wants to test their metal against the best of the best. And I think that Masters tournaments very much appeal to a part of that. And then you get the intrigue from from, from outside of that mm. as well. Um, so we are excited to see how, how it works out. It's very much a test run this year that we're going to absolutely explode next year. You know, uh, we, we want people to be able to benefit from, uh, I guess, the wonderful experience that those those people that have come to Articon or been lucky like me to travel abroad to a tournament. We want everybody to be able to be part of that and, and experience that. I want guys from the UK to get together with their hobby friends and say, let's go and take a holiday in Italy. Mm. Let's go to Italy and let's go, we'll go to that system open because we know that that then leads to maybe us uh, being promoted into this Masters event at Ardacon that we're going to next year. Let's let's go and do that. You know, it, it, it just creates something which I think that the SBG community uh, will love as much as I love. Yeah, I suppose it's about building the, the, those connections, those friendships that you already make over the tables and in the bar afterwards, that just, just advancing that in a way and just making us even more firm, closer friends and allies, I suppose. Yeah, which is the, 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 the best thing about getting involved in, in wargaming, in tabletop gaming, you know, uh, as somebody who is relatively late to this there is very much a stigma i think it's changing with the with social media taking over but it's very much a stigma isn't there mm. uh, that uh, to be a war gamer is to be sat in a dark room with you know a, a trench coat and never using any deodorant and all these kind of kind of things and, and you know there are diverse people in, <laughs> you know there are diverse people in in lots of different communities involved in lots of different things not just war gaming um, but actually this is an incredibly social hobby yeah. you know uh, outside of work you know, and what I do with the, with the gym, my friendship, uh, I guess, groups are predominantly people I've met through wargaming, mm. uh, and it is a great leveler. You know, you 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 meet people from all different backgrounds, all different ages, all different job types. You know, uh, but all united by one passion. That's very very special, particularly when you're then getting the opportunity to meet people from around the world to do that mm. and make a bit of a holiday of it as well. You know. Yeah. Um, see so the sights. So you see the sights of Manchester. I see the rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it's been really biblical. <laughs> yeah, it has it's been, been biblical. And, and well, the, some of the sights that you can see here, and I, we'll we'll move on to sort of nitty gritty of the tournamenty type stuff in a second. Yeah, but and it. um, it's you, you're sort of keen to sort of turn this into not just a, a you know a day of gaming um, or two three days of gaming to be fair, um, but as a convention as well. And the, there's lots of extra bits that are going to be coming and uh, doing other things. So just just took it, tell, take me through some of those things that are happening. Absolutely. So we you know we are quietly confident that we have particularly in the last couple of years completely and utterly uh, nailed the gaming side of it you know we can we can tweak it each year but i think that we've got some really strong structures in place to be able to get 200 plus players smoothly through not just one tournament but through three this year four different tournaments 
we've done that last couple of years and we are hopefully going to do that again this year um, and even smoother with, with all of our advancing technology with uh, Andrew Cox's amazing Tawny uh, system that, that we'll be using. Um, can't even remember your question now. Yeah, we just get the convention side. So you, you've yeah. nailed the tournament side of it. Yeah, so the convention, you want to add to that? Yeah. Absolutely. We've, we've nailed the uh, the tournament side. But obviously, there's a limit to space. There's a limit to the number of people that we can have playing in here. We don't want people, you know, yeah, sure, we could probably get another row of tables and we squeeze people together. But we want people to be comfortable here. We want people to feel like they're being looked after and comfortable uh, and getting good value. So the next side of it really is to is to increase that convention side and we are working in partnership with an incredible group of people called the Galactic Knights who have a passion for their hobby as much as we have a passion for ours, their hobby being costuming. Um, you know, these guys are invited to be extras for, for movies. Some of them have, have actually been involved in some of the Lord of the Rings movies and the like. They are elite level, uh, you know, some people would know it as cosplay, but they really are top. They get employed by computer games to be involved in promos for you know, the latest Middle Earth ps4 game or whatever it is they are absolute the top in their field and so to be able to work in partnership with them uh, predominantly raising money for charity which obviously is a big part of Ardacon um, but also expanding the convention side of it because that's where actually we do have the room to do that we have to pay an awful lot to be able to have a hotel like this for three days um, and because we have the whole hotel, we might as well make use of them. So not only does it provide a spectacle for the gamers, you know, when they're in their, in their breaks in between, it gives people another reason to come. So whether if they're supporting a player who's playing an event, but they've got no interest in doing that themselves, they've got things that they can get on with and, and they can do. Uh, but it also means that there is the market to potentially get, you know, four to six hundred people in this hotel uh, enjoying their hobby since we're paying for it anyway. Mm, absolutely. And you've got the stage where you've got, you know, the lectern and the big slideshows and you'll have, uh, I know... The altar. The altar, yeah, exactly, where we'll, we'll be praying and bowing down yeah. to uh, people like Jay Clare and, uh, uh, and and Damon and Tom uh, from uh, the GBHL on the SPG magazine now, uh, uh, I suppose is their main, main thing. So we've got those and, and then there's the... Uh, and I, I think they're going to have some sort of... S- display up, up upstairs and then there's the shops I guess as well from last year we had some uh, people selling the wares and things like that as well so absolutely there's tons going on here uh, you know this year in particular so upstairs there in the balcony uh, so if you're if you're not familiar with uh, the the layout of, of Articon definitely head over to the Facebook group if you get an opportunity in the Facebook page and you'll be able to see some magnificent pictures of the setup but the balcony is a great space there could be tons of movie props up mm. there a lot of these uh, the professional cos- costumers and cosplayers are, are going to be putting on various activities there we on the friday evening have jay claire and rob alderman of the middle earth team putting together a, a seminar for us all and a q a uh, which you know credit to to gw they've done that for us since the the first articon uh, so we'd like to thank them for that uh, and then on the saturday evening tom and damien of sbg magazine obviously the uh, the fanzine for us all they're also going to be doing the same then uh, but we're also going to be uh, be doing more activities in the bar this year so we've got the galactic knights will be run, running a middle earth themed quiz on the friday evening uh, we've got they're also doing a Q&A so if people are interested about their hobby and want to know a little bit more about what they do there's that opportunity to get involved there 
Uh, and then amongst other things, we've got Pop-Up Puppet Cinema, which is easier to type than say, <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm saying it for one of the first times ever. Uh, Pop-Up Puppet Cinema are uh, going to be running a couple of shows on the Saturday night for us. I believe they're doing uh, Jaws and Bats of the Future. Oh, cool. Um, so definitely want to go and check out on YouTube if you've not heard of those. Uh, and then we've actually got DJ Level Up Leroy, who is a, uh, a, a DJ for the nerds, um, is the way that he's been described to me. I believe he mixes up lots of, uh, sort of old computer game music and samples and things that are going to sort of come back to i guess people of our ages uh memories well it, it, i mean it's, it's such a such a whole scale and breadth of things there it's, it's incredible really that, that i mean i just don't know how like you say you've got two two young uh, kids i don't know how you've got time to put all this together but it's incredible what teamwork <laughs> teamwork yeah teamwork. <laughs> yeah I, I you know this year in particular I, i've had an awful lot on and i couldn't do this without the uh, amazing events team that I have but then also the people that I guess are on the periphery of that so people like the international team captains are, are absolutely huge to us you know if we didn't have uh, if, if I didn't have the support I had then this wouldn't be able to happen and obviously we've got other people who support the event as well you know you've, you've got they, they might to all who are observing seem like vendors uh, but people like Johnny from Rebel Base Gaming you know uh, the support he's given for the swag bags and the raffle and the fact he's going to be here uh, yeah selling stock you know that, that is a huge amount of support got Matt again from Generation Davies he's going to be doing the same Middle Earth Models you know and that's just to name a few mm. um, you know without all of those guys and their enthusiasm to come and get involved and contribute something which makes this something more which is obviously what we're mm. trying to do there is nothing wrong with you know, I, I remember still going to that scout hut in Preston for, for, for that tournament you know with Charles Sims all those years ago and there have been a couple of handfuls of people and that's absolutely fantastic mm. it really is uh, and in fact the last, the last podcast I did was literally that it was a very small tournament amazing, in a village right? hall and you know what we had a great time but it's just something about the spectacle here isn't it and, that's, and I guess that's what people are coming for they got, you've got the chandeliers and you've got the hundreds of gamers in the hall um, and also as we were mentioned earlier about the, 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 the level of gaming as well so I just want to quickly because this is probably a, a record for an Entmoot length uh, interview um, I'm, I'm my inter- fault yeah. <laughs> I mean no surprises yeah. to anybody who's ever watched the GBHL podcast um, but I was just want to ask a bit more about the specifics of how the main the main yeah. singles event is uh, is run and how it how it all actually works it's a 700 point tournament uh, oh, it's, 750 750 I'm, I'm, yeah I hope so because that's the list yeah, and, and <laughs> I've, that I brought I hope uh, and, and so, so from 750 points it, what, what, sort of, what sort of things can people expect if they're not actually coming is, there, is it a sort of a standard tournament have you pre, pre-designed the, uh, the scenarios or, or, or how's, how's it going from there and then how, also how is it uh, pointed and how are we uh, scoring each individual? I guess the really key thing for people to know about Ardacon is the way that we have, um, I guess, melded, is a good word, uh, the concept of both being involved in an individual tournament and a team tournament simultaneously. You know, people come to Ardacon and they enter themselves in as part of a team. And by being entered in as part of a team, you will avoid playing any of those people in your team. And as such, you'll be, uh, you, you have the team endeavour of trying to place as well as possible. We take the four best scores from the four best uh, ranked players from that team. Uh, and effectively, the, the, the lower score you get, the better. Um, and when you get a, a team ranking from that, and that's how we determine our world team champions mm. and, uh, and the like. Uh, and the only rule uh, for doing that this year is that you can't take the same named hero profile, um, you know, across your teams. So, you know, you couldn't have two players in your team having Gandalf the White, and that's it. Now, you can ultimately end up playing against one of your teammates if you are 
in the same team and are both first and second after the six games. And then those two uh, will be taken out of the team tournament at that point and they will play each other in the championship round for ultimately uh, the crown of what is the uh, the, the singles and individual endeavour, mm. which is the grand tournament uh, championship. The world champion uh, will be declared from that, that final round. Um, so that's how the, the main tournament works. Uh, the and, and just sorry, just sorry they're, 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 and there aren't actually really very many limitations because there's lots of uh, tournaments that are starting to do different, different, different things and sort of limiting this, that, and the other, or you know, making it good versus evil. But this is this is pure, uh, like it's the purest the game can be, really. 750 points, and that's it. There's no restrictions other than you know, no third-party miniatures and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when you're running a tournament on on this kind of scale as well, you know. I, th- I think it's super cool that the tournament organisers are really making an effort, especially now that there are, you know, it's very different than two, three years ago. You know, there, you can probably attend a tournament every week in the mm. UK you know, and, and there will be some that are, are clashing, which is amazing. Uh, now, whilst, uh, you know, it's good if, if clashes can be avoided, it does mean that there is a degree of what can you do to spice up your tournament and create something different, you know, and, and, and find different ways of playing the game and, uh, and enjoying it. You know, that's one of the reasons why on a Friday you've got your Chaos and Arda, mm. you know, as, as much as of it being uh, a really good, fun icebreaker, it's just a different way of playing the game. So I commend tournament organisers for doing that. Doing that on this kind of scale especially when you've already got things which are making sure that um, teammates can't play each other and the like and you can't get people who played each other previously playing each other until the final round if you then add further limitations such as good versus evil you could get you know the, the person who should be second highest playing down almost on the bottom table because of the way that it was sorted mm. so yeah we try and keep it straightforward it's a pure form of playing SBG the tables are reasonably standard across the board you know it's, you, you're not going to come here and play on um, some of the amazing customised boards that we've seen from uh, some other tournaments across the world but you will get a decent amount of terrain on a 4x4 board and you'll be able to trust that the boards aren't going to screw you over uh, particularly so they lend themselves to competitive play Mm. as well in in, in that sense Um, but Articon is just as much about the fun you know Articon is all about being inclusive Um, that's what's really important about it you know yes you could come here and you can be the most competitive team in the world but you can also come here and you can be new to the game and by the way of it being a Swiss ranked tournament you will end up getting from the event what you want to get from the event but most importantly of all you will make friends you will meet cool people and you will be blown away by the spectacle because it's a spectacle it, it really is, and I think we should leave it there because it, it is an absolute spectacle. And if you're uh, you're listening out there that and you haven't had a chance to come to Ardicon, and um, you know, I'm sure Ardicon will be back next year, and I'm sure it will be just as spectacular. And I'm sure there'll be a few more things up your sleeve. I'm sure you're always adding something extra every year. Any ideas already, or is it is it too early to say before we've even got through the weekend? Uh, definitely too too early to say. Let's get through this one first of all. You know, this this weekend we want to make sure that the the new technology which has been provided to us through through Tawny uh, by Andrew Cox works. We want to refine that and make that better and then help other tournament organisers, particularly the SPG System Open guys, uh, adopt that going forward. But yeah, we'll continue to give twists and turns. If you are thinking about coming to Articon in the future, you know, the one thing I would say is do be quick because whilst we put 200 tickets up for sale, 100 international, 100 for UK and Ireland, last time all of those tickets went within 72 hours. Mm. So if you are even thinking about coming, buy your ticket, and you'll probably, probably be able to resell it anyway mm. if you can't come. Um, a, a, a small handful haven't, but... Yeah. Well, James, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, and you've got, like, four tournaments to organise, so I'll, I'll let you get going, but thanks for chatting to me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Cheers.
Right, so that means it's priority, isn't it? Okay, so game one of the main event at Ardacon, and my first opponent was Mario, and we're playing Elims of Ages Past. And Mario, uh, first of all, um, just give us an idea of what your army list is. Uh, what have you got in the army? Yeah, I have a pure army of uh, Lothlorien with Galadriel with the mirror, with yeah, with the mirror, and also uh, we have an ally, a weapon ally by Aragorn on horse with Andril, of course. Yeah. And I want I want him to make the, I mean, the many casualties as possible. Uh, well, having the support of the, the, the well, the magic of Galadriel, mm. and also having the support of the of the, of the mirror in order to have all the faith back every time they am six is, mm. six inches away from them. So that's basically the one that I'm trying to. Yeah. And the other heroes are Rumil, uh, and so so you've got a lot of Galadrim court. So you have got the fight six. Uh, there's a few wood elves with spears to parry and fire arrows. And and I'll be honest, when I saw it, I was in, scared about Aragorn, but I thought that I could take on the elves, especially in this scenario. So um, how it worked out, we all came on relatively normal places. Aragorn took a couple of turns to come on. But we came on in, our, in where we kind of wanted to in the end. Yeah. Um, and we hovered around getting, uh, hitting all the heirlooms. And there was one left in my deployment. Uh, and I was surrounding it with uh, Khazad Guard. And to be honest, I thought I had it then. Um, but of course, Aragorn came storming in, smashed through them and uh, took the heirloom. And from there, it was an uphill struggle for me. Um, how did you find playing the dwarves? What, I, when you saw them over the other side of the table... What did you think? Were you scared? Were you, were you, did you fancy your chances? Absolutely. Dwarves are always scary and also uh, an army full of uh, dwarves is very... It's plenty of, of dwarves. That's not a very short list. So that's a very a big amount of, uh, of, of miniatures. So it's always scary and I don't want it to go into combat until Aragorn has come. And I was rolling very, very bad. So he was not deploying and not deploying at the, at the website that I wanted. So by the time that I get Aragorn, that's where I want to to get in combat and trying to get me well to do some casualties mm. because my elves needed to be sixes and sixes and fours, mm. so it, that would be very very hard. So I try to do Aragorn as many casualties as possible to reduce the number of miniatures because that was a lot at the, at the well at the beginning and that was very scary. Yeah. 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 That's fine. And um, so uh, we've we've just had a, a found out that. Um, because of the way uh, the, the tournament set out with a, a, a website uh, and an app that kind of you have to input scores and check your tables, we've just found out that we played the wrong people. And um, after uh, the tournament organiser, uh, James Clark, came over and uh, talked to us, explained that the system is so complex that despite me losing 11-1 in this game, I've ended up getting a 12-0 um, victory because Mario accidentally played the wrong person. And... Um, Mario, I, I realise this is an awkward question to ask, but I mean, this feels very unfair. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel just the same because it's really, really, I don't want it to be like sad for anything because that for me that was that wasn't so bad or that's in, uh, that wasn't a very bad mistake and of course that wasn't intentional. Mm. And I really love the game with you, so that's the thing that I get with me. Yeah. So in any case, even if some fade, if if they couldn't couldn't do that. Uh, well, we'll take respect on that and yeah. we'll continue playing with that. And, yeah. Uh, no hard feelings. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. And I, mean, I understand because 
it was a great game, and you, uh, you know, there were times when it, it, it could I felt like it could have gone my way, and there were, and but then you, it, you kept taking it back, and you, you managed to win quite decisively in the end. And when it, at the end it, you realise all that, all that kind of comes down to actually just something simple like not checking the 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 player, which seems a very minor mistake to make. It, it seems slightly unfair. I, I mean, I understand because. Especially if you're looking to win, but you know, like you say, I hope you enjoyed the game. Yeah, absolutely. We absolutely enjoyed the game. I think that we each other. Yeah, that we absolutely enjoyed the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a great game. fun game. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a very consequential thing that happens mm. sometimes. I mean, mistakes are mistakes. Yeah. And it's really my mistake. And even we are side by side. I well, I even talked to you that he was a fifth on army. Yeah. I mean, well, th- it seems a little bit confusing for me because if it was a fifth army I will know it for sure so by the time that you get there and having dwarfs yeah. I will know that you, you're not my opponent so well it seems strange to me um, I don't know if something has changed or it was just my mistake but in any case I don't want to have any hard feelings I don't want to continue the the event, join the event. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, because although you can be, I'm sure we'll get a pint and you'll be able to chew this over with your with your friends and uh, and, and fellow competitors. But um, either way, it's it's frustrating when uh, something like this happens because it, it's not fair. I, I don't I don't deserve a victory. It's not a victory as far as I'm concerned. Well, you deserve a victory as much as I, but it was it was a very draw game so it, it could be to your side but well Aragorn at the end goes yeah. with a victory but well in any case it's okay you get the, the 12-0 you deserve it as much as I Look, I mean it was really my mistake because you were in the, in the correct table and I wasn't so well, don't worry for that well Mario um, if it's any consolation I'll be heading up and playing players way out of my league <laughs> and you're going to be heading and playing players yeah, that potentially you've got a good chance of smashing them so look uh, it, it may work out that you end up beating me in the tournament anyway and I really hope you do because it would it would be well deserved on your part it was a fantastic game I think your army list is fantastic um, Aragorn thrown into Lothlorien I've never seen that before mm-hmm. I really like the build um, and Galadriel in the mirror I've never seen the mirror I haven't seen the mirror at all um, and it worked so well with the fight six and, uh, and everything so and you played it absolutely perfectly because I thought you'd made a mistake by leaving the dwarves to pick up the last objective um, and get the heirloom but there was, it was clearly intentional that you wanted to get Aragorn getting it he's invincible, invincible with that, uh, uh, that mirror so um, no Mario fantastic game 11-1 to you despite, no matter what the scoreboard well, says morally yeah, yeah <laughs> morally well thanks for talking to me and thanks for playing thanks. the game sorry about everything thanks so game two after a, a win by default uh, 12-0 I've ended up in the heady heights of table 25 out of 100 and something uh, to face Oscar from Sweden and Oscar first of all can you just tell me what's in your army uh, I have a uh, farmy Madrid Damro two, two minister captains with rangers uh, and warriors of Minas Tirith and one banner and this is the legendary legion. Yeah, legendary legion, farmish rangers. So you've got how many bows in this army? Forty-three bows. Forty-three bows. Uh, and basically, in the first couple of turns, I just spent a lot of time walking my dwarves up the army at <laughs> the battlefield. Yeah, you move up, uh, and I just put, backed away and shot, uh, hitting on trees. Didn't wound, but I, I had the chance. So. Yeah, and you kept backing away, so you, you were often hitting on fours. In fact, I think every turn you were backing away, so you were hitting on fours a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. And I think the first three or four turns of shooting, you only killed maybe four in total. Yeah. Um, but then it was just the length of time that you were shooting at me, and that the, yeah. eventually, with the mar- a couple of marches from the king, 
we did connect up, but by then I think I'd lost maybe six or seven, maybe more dwarves. I think you lost like ten or something. Yeah. Because when you when you got past the ruins, uh, I start getting shots and defense seven, defense six, and models, and that makes it a lot easier than nine and eight. So. Yeah. Yeah, you started whittling through the front line a bit, didn't you? And yeah. when, but first, when when you saw my army, um, I I guess. You were thinking, oh my god, this is going to be a lot of uh, trying to roll sixes. But and did you fancy your chances? Did you think you were going to win? You, you can always win. And I played, not this list, but I played dwarves, Iron Hill Dwarves a, a lot in the pre-games. Uh, so I know how to handle it, so to say. Mm. And I know that I need to make some wounds so I can start trapping you. Because then it's only sixes yeah. for the most. And that's a good win. Yeah, because uh, to be fair, you you moved in a, a kind of a crescent formation around some of the terrain, yeah. and when we did finally uh, meet on the battlefield, um, you you kind of wrapped round me yeah. and you you caught caught a lot of my guys, and and I think that that took the advantage away. And to be fair, I think by that point I was it was an hour and twenty into a two hour game, and I was thinking I just need to get into combat because yeah. I'm going to lose all my guys. And I think I made a mistake that I just went straight for it and let you trap me. Yeah, it made it harder for you, but the problem is you need to get into combat because you don't have the bows. Mm. And I mean, one turn, Faramir, Madril lining up on Durin, three might on the on the end, one wound. It's not easy. It's not uh, impossible. So, mm. yeah, I, I mean, you played a very efficient kiting uh, technique where you sort of just you just skirted away and kept whittling away until you had you could bring your numbers to bear. So yeah. I think you did a really great job. Um, I did manage to get a wound on Faramir Faramir, in combat by kind of luck, I think, uh, really. uh, I wasn't in with a hero or anything. Um, And uh, we both had banners left in the game. But crucially, you broke me, so you got the big points. Yeah. So uh, a big victory to you. Uh, It's 6-2 in the end. Not not a massive victory, but a victory nonetheless. um, In terms of oaths, what was the oath you were trying to achieve? Uh, Precious lives. Uh, I didn't get it because you killed too many guys on the... Three, four ty- turns of combat, you kill twenty guys. So yeah, that that's the one where um, it's twenty. You've got to ha- you've lose got less than twenty-five yeah. percent of your army. And and to be fair, when the dwarves did connect, they have strength four against defense four with Burley. You know, yeah. we're looking at threes, you know, threes and fours on yeah, the non. So, it's so. Like, I will die, but the pr- detective was to keep away as long as possible and hopefully succeed. And uh, now it's away for the later games. I have played out. Uh, uh, kill the mo- mo- en- mo- mo- uh, to kill the enemy player to 25% and uh, to to have 25% left so now yeah. I have Master of Ambush and those oats left that is not easy but a little easier against the top table so that's true and um, h- how far off breaking you was I out of interest uh, you were nine models away nine models away and I only had ten or so models left although I did have a dwarf King, Durin, and King's Champion left. Yeah. So, had we had another turn, I might, might have been able to get you. But I think this the situation. You, there you were so have, many models. You so. might have break me, making it evener. But I have probably killed two guys, making you go below twenty five percent. So I still won the game, but yes. it would be in uh, yeah. one point uh, difference instead of four. So yeah. it was it was a really interesting matchup. And Oscar it was really well played, professionally well done, and uh, re- good luck in the rest of the tournament. Yeah, you really too. Pre- we appreciate it. Great, thank you. Thank you for that. So, game three of Ardicon, and uh, the objectives were contest of champions, and it was a dwarven fight off, a family feud in the centre with Durin, 
and uh, an army led by Thor and uh, young Thorin. Uh, I've got Nic uh, Nikolai with me, and Nikolai, just just give us an idea of the rest of your army list before we get uh, get it down to the nitty gritty. Uh, it was the army of Thor uh, with uh, one warband from the Iron Hills, led by one Iron Hill uh, captain and five uh, goat riders. Yeah. So we got uh, a lot of the. Uh, Grim Hammers, we've got some spears in there, we've got young Thorin, we've got the thing. Um, and obviously we both set up in the middle of the line. I tried to protect myself with some walls and barriers. Um, first of all, I, I'm, what did you think, A, of my setup and B, of the army you were facing? What Did you think it was scary? Were you were you quietly confident? What, what were you thinking? I was quite nervous, actually. Uh, so I tried to maybe f flank you with the, with the goats. But, uh, yeah, it got interesting I yeah I was really nervous in the beginning but I had some luck with the dice that's that's true so I, I think the, the first couple of throw you got some throwing actors in and the, yeah. uh, that and that really ups, it, I think it upset my line I had a little block uh, in front of the some barriers dead which are literally in the center and I think that that disrupted things initially but but then from there I I I, th I, th I think I maybe made the bad move of moving everything in and, and failing quite a lot to make any success, especially with the Dwarf uh, King on the right-hand flank, which I had sent round to loop into everyone else. There was a, cr a heroic combat I wanted to pull off to get everyone moving, and it just didn't quite work. Um, so there are a few things that went on. But uh, my King's Champion killed off two goat riders in one go, and yeah, there weren't very many goat riders left by the end. So I, I feel like I, I had my fair share of luck, but I think... In many ways, you just sort of outplayed me, and certainly in terms of focusing on getting your kills with Thrall, and then pinning Durin down and fighting him with Thorin and uh, and Thrall. It was uh, a battle of kings between Thrall and Durin, who that's kind of uh, made the, made the win for me. It's yeah. uh, with uh, Thorin in support. That's and heroic strikes. When you uh, get empty of might, I could use the heroic strike and then win the game. So. I think what you did really well in the game was you managed the amount of might you were spending so well. I, I, I don't think you spent more than one, maybe two points of might in the middle game, middle of the game, whereas I was burning through it quite quickly. So I'd spent with the king and uh, like the king's champion to get, do some heroic combat to so just try and get, get some uh, uh, momentum going and take out your number advantage. But I think, I think that really lost me the game because I was trapped with, uh, with Durin right at the end there, just kind of hoping for, for success really and although he survived with only one wound and no fate uh, he's still standing but he, he could have been striking or he could have been uh, moving heroic moving away and getting some of those crucial kills uh, to get the tally so I think I did that badly and um, is there anything that, that you noticed that I've mentioned that, that you think I did did wrong in this game because uh, as as you, you're probably guessing it, it it came down to an 11-0 victory to you well, maybe I'd like to start with a, with a long line and try to uh, attack from the sides. Uh, it was easy for me to do this this time, especially with the goats, because you were locked in the, in the center. And you had to get uh, Durian out very exposed in order to uh, get loose from the, the hard terrain in the middle here. So I don't know if you had just used the line and... and maybe attacked me line against line I don't know maybe yeah. maybe yeah uh, I, I think I was thinking oh if I put a defensive line in 
uh, then I'll uh, sorry a defensive block with this terrain around me then it'll mean that you have to come in but then I, I just didn't really take into account the Grim Hammers throwing weapons or the the uh, the goats being able to run around the side so yeah I think you're probably right if I'd have faced you dead on I've got the a better chance of killing your guys so I'm winning you on fives you're winning you on sixes um, and I've got uh, yeah I've, I've got some more higher defence defence nine guys so that's going to be harder for you as well so and I think my heroes King Champion and Durin are possibly better than uh, than yours so I, yeah maybe maybe you're right I think so, I, might, I might have lost the game as soon as I put the toy soldiers down on the table yeah maybe <laughs> it's but I was nervous for a long time here, so it was much yeah. nerve in this game, actually. So. Yeah, I mean, we've got uh, two minutes, 27 seconds remaining, so although we finished early, it's, I, think, I think it's safe to say that, that it, it went right down to the wire, that, that we were really, really nuts and bolts, even down to that last, that last, uh, that last combat with Durin and Thorin, that, that I could have, if I'd have, I'd have gone for Thor, I could, might have killed him, probably wasn't going to kill him, uh, but I could have at least made the uh, adva- kill advantage less because there was another hit guy in the combat if I'd just killed him then it would have been like five to uh, yeah so it'd be two less so nine nil or something by the way Nicola it was a really interesting game uh, fantastic playing and it's great to see dwarf on dwarf action yeah it's the first time for me it was yeah. really exciting this <laughs> fantastic thanks yeah. very much Cheers. thank you so game four after a very long day of uh, Ardacon uh, playing capture of control with an old pal and uh, a regular competitor now uh, of mine Scott Johnson um, who uh, yeah I think you appeared in one was it uh, yeah, maybe two. It was the one at um, uh, Into the Wind- Wilderland. Yes, in Bicester, yeah, down, down right side. I think that was number one. I yeah. may be wrong. But anyway, uh, final game of the day. First, I just want to kind of uh, take a sort of look back over the day in a way because it's been a very long day, but also, uh, for me, a really exciting one because Ardacon's just got that extra bit of zing to it. Yeah, you managed to... Uh find the uh, energy and motivation to go through four games but it is a very exhausting day I, yeah. thought, I thought the last game might have been quite quite a quick one but uh, we, we almost went to time yeah yeah only 10 minutes left in the end and uh, it's half past eight now and when we started at something like well we got here probably nine o'clock nine in the morning o'clock, if not before yeah. so it's a good 12 hours <laughs> uh, in the gaming hall with warm and hot and sort of uh, sort of uh, lots of people shouting and frantic and microphone announcements all through the day but uh, it's been a fantastic day but end of day one uh, Scott uh, just give us an idea of what your army list was for this capture and control matchup uh, well for the first time ever I bought the uh, Return of the King Legendary Legion um, initially I was going to bring Legolas with Aragorn and the King of the Dead uh, but one of our team members also wanted to take Legolas um, so I thought I fitted Legolas for Gimli um, and I'm quite pleased I did in the end, because uh, I think he suits my play style a little bit better than just having a lone archer standing at the back. Yeah, I th- that's a good point, because I was going to ask about the, the legless uh, element, because um, it, often people like having legless to snipe at things, to take out your banners, to take out your horses and things like that, but, but you didn't go with it, and uh, that explains why now. So, Gim- so Gim- But Gimli, I mean, Gimli, Gimli kicks ass sometimes, pretty well a lot of time. He does, he does, and uh, it's... it's nice when you've got to keep the army together for the harbinger of evil um, and the six inch banner as well from Aragorn to have Gimli right in the centre of there as well it's kind of a, a hero that can do a lot of damage but you can risk 
throwing in because it's not going to give away EVPs mm. or anything like that. That's that's a good point. And um, so in terms of the, the the battle capture and control, there wasn't a lot of terrain in the middle. Um, we, uh, but uh, I set up my dwarven line gun line basically uh, a few inches away from you. And um, what what did you think first of all when you saw um, you saw what what I was playing with? Um, I was quite pleased I was playing dwarfs. Um, I've only played good armies, and I think my, my army plays better against evil armies. Um, it seems to be a lot good here this weekend. So, um, But I think dwarfs, um, I managed to mitigate against their big strength, which is their defence value. So uh, most of the time I can actually wound you on fives and mm. sixes rather than uh, sixes by something. Um, and with capture and control, which is a movement game, uh, I think that one extra one inch move um, on my side makes a big difference uh, so I should be able to get to objectives within two turns whereas it's going to take you three turns to get from one to another so um, I felt confident um, but I just didn't want to get caught up in the middle and with your higher fight value um, I know my guys can go down quite quickly with your strength four and uh, in the burly. handed burly yeah, yeah and I, I think because I, I was I was looking at it and I thought oh this is going to be a dicey one because it will really depend on how how we move and how we negotiate around each other and I, I tried a thing with on one flank surrounding a, a kind of one part of the army of the dead and getting the king of the dead trying to get the king of the dead I trapped him twice I think yeah. didn't uh, with four half guard and didn't manage to get the kill um, so uh, it, that that was a bit frustrating but I, I was thinking if it, it'll all be about the movement and where who gets to swing round and on and I think um, true to dr- Green Dragon style we were both getting pulling off quite a lot of traps and pulling, uh, moving around and I think I, I was quite happy with the way I played it but I think that you just like you say your extra extra inch movement really made a big difference in terms of the way um, yeah the way the way you got those traps and also getting the objectives because it ended up uh, 10-4 yeah. um, and you got four of the objectives so yeah. it's that's, that was a big swing having that movement I think just the movement ability it, it was yeah I thought if I can keep everyone together in the middle try and uh, sort of break your army and then I can break off the odd troops to go and get the uh, objectives mm. towards the end and just sort of hope that the game continued at least one or two turns um, af- af- after breaking mm. so um, I got a couple of objectives early on and then I thought right concentrate on, on getting your numbers mm. down um, I had to throw all three heroes in pretty heavily because they had to do a lot of a lot of the work Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think, and and, yeah, and that they fight value disadvantage, yeah, yeah. I think all three heroes did 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 exceptionally well, actually. Yeah, well, yeah. they're all they're all standing at the t- end of the game. Um, although uh, Aragorn depleted after a bit of an epic duel. Um, yeah. uh, so uh, your oath was for Aragorn to kill Durin, essentially. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and uh, I didn't think um, most of the game. I didn't think I'd get the opportunity to do it, but there was uh, there was one turn where I just seemed to deplete your numbers quite quite heavily. Um, and then the opportunity came to get um, Aragorn, Gimli and the King of the Dead into Durin create a trap um, first turn I did that I think I got him down to one wound after mm. a few fate saves and a six plus save um, and then the second turn I thought I've got this, free strike uh, struck up struck up to ten so I could faint um, Durin rolls a six um, and then with my eight dice I rolled a five high 
re-roll for the King of the Dead and I still rolled a five high. Yeah, and I managed to take out three wounds on uh, Aragorn in one go. Well, not three wounds, two wounds uh, and, do, and the last of your fate. So Yes, yeah, I managed to just, just uh, keep him on the board with a final final point of fate there. And then the game ended, of course, straight away. Yeah, so you didn't get your oath in the end. But yeah. um, either way, yeah, it was a 10-4 victory, so pretty yeah. uh, pretty solid solid victory. And and, and in terms of the, the, uh, the sort of any ways I played things, are there any particular moves that you think I did badly or that, you know, strategies perhaps that you think, oh, maybe you should have done this? Yeah, I think the only thing I was, uh, from an opponent's point of view, the only thing I was, I was quite pleased with is, is I, I didn't think he got Duran in quite as much as he could have in the early game. Mm. He was quite isolated out, out towards the, the side. Maybe mm. he was a bit scared of, sort of the King of the Dead and Aragorn. That's exactly uh, what I was scared of. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, anyone who wounds me on fours or can instant kill me, yeah, I'm pretty scared yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. so um, I, was, I was quite pleased that could sort of keep Joan a bit quiet in the in in the early game. So, um, but I think uh, ta- tactically, I think you, you played as as you should have played. Mm. Played the army, um, and and the one, one big turn in the middle. If that had gone the other way, if yes. it had gone the other way, you'd have depleted my numbers, and then suddenly you'd have got all the traps um, and things like that. Yeah, that for the rest of the turns, you'd have had the. This we started with. I think you started with 31 models and me 29, so it was quite uh, quite even. Um, but I think that one turn just sort of maybe swung it five or six models in my favour, which meant then it was all sort of almost two on one fights. Yeah. And I, I could pick them, and and I think with the with the terror rule as well. Um, there's certain fights that I could pick pick off quite quite nicely. Yeah, and there was a there was a good uh, a combat early on with uh, halfway through. I think probably around that that time you're talking about with King's Champion and Aragorn, and um, we both struck up. We both made ten, uh, and I lost that one. And I think if it had gone the other way, which you know it was a coin flip basically, um, but if it had gone the other way, I'd have got some wounds on Aragorn. I'd maybe taken uh, taken some fate off, yeah. and and I think that might have made all the difference. And um, because because yeah. I'd have had the potential to just. I have King's Champion doing some mopping up rather than just leaving it to the guys. So, so yeah, there was a few few moments that that you know it, it, it was it was great because it kept coming backwards and forwards, and I kept thinking, oh, yeah. I've got that objective now because I've moved some guy, a guy around to the far end of the battlefield to take that objective. But then I was losing the one at the other end, so it was it, yeah, it was swings and roundabouts. But ultimately, I think it was a maelstrom ending up definitely with your victory because I think I think that was predetermined. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind, kind of you say. I think. Uh, um, I think the army matchups certainly were in were in my favour. Of of all the good armies that I would like to play, it was obviously be dwarfs. Um, just mitigate their defenders Defense. eight and nine. Absolutely. Well, Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure playing uh, you again. And uh, fingers crossed that you have a, a, another great few games in the rest of the tournament. Thanks for playing with me. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Harry. So game five of Ardicon on the second day and we've been playing a bit of recon which the dwarves weren't particularly excited about I must say um, but there was a bit of a switcheroo uh, because the neither of our players uh, turned up so um, I was playing against Christian from Milan um, although we both got a 12-0 win as a bye um, the game was a fun one first of all uh, Christian just give us an idea what's in your army list so I got uh, Galadriel with uh, Wood Elves, then I have the King of the Dead with uh, some uh, mighty dead with uh, shield, and then I have the mighty Aragorn on horse. Uh, yeah, that's my army. So yeah, so I, just give us an I, I'm guessing the thought behind the army is you've got the Army of the Dead, Defense 8, Terror, Frontline, and then you've got um, Fight 5 Elves behind it. 
Yeah, that was the idea to get the fight of the elves, but uh, on the field the dwarves uh, demonstrated much more strength, and so my army was uh, wiped out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, Aragorn tried to do his best to kill as many dwarves as he could, but it wasn't enough. Uh, and uh, yeah, they all uh, elsewhere died. Yeah, I think you suffered from the fact that Anduril, um, you didn't have Anduril on Aragorn. Yeah, too many points for Anduril, 40 points, yeah. So Aragorn without uh, the, the sword, uh, it's difficult for him to kill the dwarves. He needed yeah. sixes, and so not so many. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. And we played Recon, um, so... Naturally, the dwarves, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're good over a short distance, but not particularly when you're running over across the field. And um, looking over at the, the scoreboard, uh, you're, you've got one elf, yeah. but then two elves about to cross the line. So you'd have uh, got, if, if there was one more turn, yeah. you'd have tripled me. It'd have been a 7-3 yeah. victory. But uh, luckily, I managed to kill just enough by, I think, two models or one, one two models uh, to uh, end, end the, the game, game yeah. end the game. So it was three points to you for getting one guy off the board, yeah. and then three points to me for yeah. uh, breaking you and being unbroken. So it was a score draw, which actually I went... think it's fair enough uh, because yeah, the draws demonstrated the much more strength, but uh, I, I managed uh, to to cross the border with one model, which is fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's the. I mean, it, I, I to be honest, I wasn't really thinking I'm going to be able to get anyone off the board. I, I did try and save the dwarf king's might as much as I could to try and... I still have one point yeah. of might uh, on the dwarf to get that march, but I just didn't break through enough to be able to, uh, with the king, to march everyone yeah. off. But I, even so, it was going to be three yeah. turns probably before I get anyone off. But either way, uh, Christian, it, it's been a pleasure to play you. Um, do, do you think uh, there's anything that I, I should have done differently uh, to try and maybe win the objective? Just uh, one thing, uh, I would do, uh, we'd have done a heroic movement, uh, I think in the last turn we played, uh, because uh, I, was, I had the priority and I was able to move Galadriel and uh, to, uh, and so he was, she was in danger in, in one turn. And uh, I would do a heroic um, movement if I were you. Yes, to be fair, uh, I, I, re I did my dice reroll for Durin um, yeah. and I, I didn't get what I needed. Yeah. And I, I was thinking in my head before that I sh if I fail this, I should do a heroic move and I just forgot to call yeah, it. So, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, but that was a mistake. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it, either way, I, I totally agree. I might have announced get Galadriel, yeah. might have got the, uh, the general VP exactly. uh, for the wound and maybe made it 4 3, maybe, yeah. <laughs> or 3, or even killed her. But I doubt I'd killed her. Yeah, that was a single thing. The single thing that I would do, but. In rest, the rest, uh, you played uh, perfectly, yeah. Well, thank you, uh, thank you very much. I just managed to not get my oath because you managed to kill one of my heralds. Yeah. Uh, my oath, I chose to protect all of my heroes. And to be honest, I forgot the uh, heralds were heroes. Uh, and then, they're, oh, crap, they're heroes. Either way, so I lost a herald. Um, but either way, uh, I was very close to the oath. And you uh, chose the mighty commander one because yeah. it didn't matter. Yeah, uh, yeah so, it didn't matter. So yeah. we got just the... the just the, the draw. Yeah, the, the draw, draw, no oaths. No but oaths. either way, we both get a win out of it. So I think we're quite happy with that, right? <laughs> exactly. Perfect. <laughs> At least it wasn't like, uh, you know, I, I smashed you 12 nil and you get the win and all yeah, vice yeah. versa. So at least it, it feels draw, fair. Everybody with 12 points, uh, we're fine with it. Yeah, excellent. Well, Christian, absolute pleasure playing you. Also for me. Thanks. Thank you. Okay.
So the final game of Ardacon as main event, uh, we're playing Lords of Battle, and I was playing Patrick Jacobs uh, from the Netherlands. Yes, from the Netherlands. From the Netherlands. Um, first of all, Patrick, could you just tell me your army list? Because it's something that I've played a couple of times. <laughs> yes, um, I play with uh, Aragorn, and then uh, with uh, six uh, Warriors of the Dead with uh, only shield and uh, hand weapon, and six uh, with spear and, uh, and shield. And uh, one with the banner and shield, and one rider of the dead. Uh, I play also the king of dead with uh, six uh, guys with a weapon and shield, and seven with spear and shield, and two riders of the dead. So yeah, that's my, my complete army. Yeah, so it's so in total you've got the uh, I mean you've got the three riders of the dead and a lot more. Uh, Army of the Dead than uh, some of the legions that I played. I played a couple with Gimli. Played uh, one with Le- no, not today, but I played in the past ones with Legolas and Gimli. And um, I'm interested. Why? Why did you choose to not have uh, Gimli or, or Legolas? Uh, more on uh, the point, uh, point value. I have now two full warbands and more moles on the uh, on the board for get broken. So yeah, that's, I, that's the reason why I chose for this this army. And the banner. Yeah, the banner is uh, still for Aragorn because Aragorn is not a banner for himself. So I try to keep the banner by Aragorn that he gets his rewards. Yeah. Because Aragorn is a banner for six inches around the board. So. Yeah, for spirits, isn't it? Just yes. for spirits. And um, so, first of all, um, we're deployed in the centre, obviously, for Lords of the ba- Lords of Battle. There's a bit of terrain on either side, so there's a sort of quite a big bottleneck in the middle, but a bottleneck nonetheless. Yeah. Um, what did you think when you saw my army and how I deployed it? W- w- did you fancy your chances? Um, no, because I know that I have to be in a line. I have spears in the backup, so I normally have to go with two attacks. Uh, only my rolls for, the, for this game was not that much, but um, yeah, when I deploy my army, it's like, okay, I have to be the horse more in the back so that I can make the charge maybe. And yeah, for the rest, I put one line so to, to hold your own on, on your own line, and then yeah. it will be fine. And I, 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 I know you were talking about the fight value advantage. I had the fight value advantage because I have, although not very many spears, I have a few spears that I can back myself up. So I suppose it was going to be quite difficult for you to get the advantage in many fights. Yeah, the advantage was your your fight for you. Are fight four, I'm fight three. But yeah, I, I can hit you on the court, so I like. Yeah, your defense is not no matter high because yeah you are dwarves, but I I hit on courage, yeah. and it's like uh, what I have to do for for to kill you. So yeah, I, two attacks every time. I hope for it, but yeah, not not make it. Yeah, and also because Aragorn was pulled over to one side of the battlefield, um, his banner effect wasn't affecting as many people. So uh, over, certainly on the left-hand side, as we look at it, you can see a lot more uh, dead, uh, well, Army of the Dead, fewer left. And over there, there's, uh, there's quite a few more. But um, in the end, it, it ended up uh, quite a decisive victory. And it must be said that I, I did win an awful lot of combats. And with the... And, they're just they're just killed they just kill so much your sixes are great yeah <laughs> yeah do you want to trade dice i can give you some <laughs> no, of my dice no 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 but it, it was difficult i mean especially because once once you do have a, a, a lucky run of combat dice um the advantages then swung massively in my favor so i was piling in three three in the combats uh, rather than two so it was becoming three dice against one yeah. and you were shielding so you weren't even winning uh, killing anyone when you're winning so no i try to steal, to keep alive because then you go to survive the game and yeah aragorn as well has to be kill something but 
even though that will be happened. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he he ended up in combat with Durin for two turns in a row. Uh, we've struck up twice. Uh, I won um, both the strikes, I think, so both combats. I ended up taking him down to one wound, no fate. So, I mean, it was an uphill battle, and I, I feel for you, Patrick, because there were a lot of dice that went badly yeah. against you. But Yeah, but it, I know already, then I saw your army list, like, uh, okay, then uh, it's going to be a messy. I, I, I need the luck that I can get the sixes and you are throwing fives or fours or something. But it not happened. You you throw your sixes like every bird. Yeah. Every 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 battle. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. It was quite bad. Uh, and in the end, um, I think it was something like twenty or so points yeah. to me and five to you. Um, you killed the king and the Khazad guard. Um, but other than that, there were a lot of dead, a lot of dead uh, army of the dead. So it was it was a bit of a, a yeah a bit of a bloodbath. If 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 the army of the dead bleed at all. <laughs> I will be there. They only poof, and it is alright. Yeah. <laughs> well, Patrick, I'm glad you're taking it with a smile. It was an absolute pleasure to play you, and I hope you've enjoyed Ardacan. Have you had a good weekend? Uh, yes, I've had a pretty good weekend. I won now uh, two games, uh, lost four, but I hope my rest of my team is going to the top table, so it's fine. Great, Patrick. Thank you very much for talking to me. Yes, it was fine. Thank you. So there you have it, Ardacan's main event. Six games and three wins on the board for me, though actually only a win and a draw in reality. Uh, strange that uh, I don't know whether many other people got buys in the tournament, but uh, the chances of me getting two were pretty slim. But anyway, I managed to come out with two buys, uh, a win and three losses. Uh, but in reality, the games, of course, as, uh, as you, you're aware, uh, came up with a win and a draw. And that's it. So... So I guess now's the time to reflect on the army list. Um, I was very confident that uh, the defence nine was going to be hardy enough to see me through, and the defence seven front line as well. And the the power of those axes is is undeniable. But I I think I I underestimated two things. One, the army of the dead. Army of the dead, of course, don't wound me on sixes; they wound me on fives. And Army of the Dead backed up by Elves or uh, so on is also negates my fight value advantage uh, that I usually have over uh, Army of the Dead. So having uh, played two, uh, three Army of the Dead, although I did win the last one, um, the I think that that, that really struggled. I really struggled. Um, Army of the Dead are tough, tough nuts to crack. Um, so that that was annoying. But really, I, I think it's down to the fact that the Kazadum list just isn't mobile enough uh, as a as a normal green alliance um i've tried i've tried my hardest to get um the marches in there and the marches were useful in the in the games i didn't end up using them in recon but uh in the game against uh the uh, faramir's legion um which was a tough one but against that one that was it was okay but it just uh, it just didn't really help the march. It only really adds sort of a, a one and a half turns of movement by human standards. So it's not quick enough. I needed some cavalry, and there's no dwarven cavalry. So uh, unless you're Iron Hills, of course, which is kind of a completely different army. I really wanted Kazadum to be good because the Hearthguard are great. I mean, I don't think that it's a bad list, and I think that in a lot of matchups it's going to be strong and really hard to kill. But um, movement, I found that I struggled to move around the sides. I found I struggled to uh, get the get into heroes, get into banners, those sort of things, purely because of that movement, especially on my heroes. So Durin and the King's uh, Champion, um, they were absolute monsters most of the time, although the King's Champion perhaps didn't perform as well as I'd hoped. Um 
although they were they were monstrous in terms of chopping through troops, I needed them killing like the big guys. I needed them killing the heroes or certainly captains and and so on. And I ran out of might quite quickly because I was not able to to sort of get into combat with those uh, minor heroes. I think uh, the the dwarf king and the king's champ and the Durin uh, would easily be able to smash so so I think movement was a big issue and as you would expect so I'm, I'm liking the idea of doing something along the lines of uh, the doubles alliance the if I wanted to make the Hearthguard list work I think it's at its core it's pretty good but um, maybe I need something like an elven captain allied in or a hero in the same vein as Aragorn um, fighting alongside the Lothlorien list that uh, we played in uh, the first game against Mario who sadly uh, despite beating me 11-1 ended up uh, losing 12-0 um, so uh, it's it's quite sad um, but hey I'm, I'm actually happy with the tournament because Mario it turned out was one of the um, the one of the he ended up winning uh, something in the end I can't remember what there were so many awards um, and he was in I think he was in the Masters tournament he might not have been but I know the Italian uh, fellow I played uh, I forget his name now I could go back but I'm just too lazy um, uh, the Italian guy he was the Italian masters uh, master so he uh, he was a you know one of the best players in Italy and I managed to draw against him on in recon with dwarves so I think I was quite happy with that and in terms of the actual performance the games I played I think I did really well although I lost a lot of them I managed to, I think they were all pretty close and I really made my opponents think every time and I think I was really thinking, I mean, God, at the end of the fourth game on day one, I was sweating and exhausted, um, not only from running around interviewing everyone, including the Green Dragons, uh, for the previous crossover episodes, but but also just just the exhaustion of two hour games, four back to back, very little time in between because of moving around from table to table, you know, meeting and greeting people. It's just been, uh, it was just a very exhausting but fantastically fun weekend. So next year I'll be back, of course, and I'll try and do a similar sort of thing again. But um, I think I'm going to have to do a different army. I might rest the Khazad Guard for a while and find something else that I like. But if I wanted to make the Durin's Folk work, I think, I think sadly, in a competitive environment, I think it's really got to have alliances. I could bring, I could bring bows. But they've only got 18 inch bows, so if you're facing, you're going to lose a shoot off no matter what. The Dwarven Ballista is another option, um, but it just doesn't have the range. 24 inches, uh, you're scattering, you're hitting the wrong things, you'll probably end up taking out someone that you don't really care about. And for the price, I just don't think it's worth it. So, um, especially when you could be choosing other options, other armies. So, I'm, I'm loath to admit it, but I think as much as I love Khazad Guard and the uh, Hearth Guard, I'm just not convinced that there's a strong way of fitting them into an army um, and making them uh, compete at competitive levels. Maybe you think differently. Maybe you could think of ways around it. Um, I mean, yes, I've won some games against some matchups, but when it comes down to it, um, objectives I just can't handle. Just can't handle an objective. So uh, objective-based games, and with them, so many of them being objective-based games, uh, it's difficult. But uh, so. Feeling a little bit disheartened by that because I love my Khazad Guard, my Hearth Guard, and my Spear Back, back line. Maybe uh, maybe you have better ideas for how you can get around that mobility issue. Get in, get in touch, entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but with that, 
uh, we have to round off things by talking to the winner of Ardacon. We heard in the previous episodes from Callum Eden, the runner-up, um, and ha- talking about the matchup against Damien um, from Poland and his army. Uh, but I thought it was only right to catch up with him to round off this final episode. So here is the winner of Ardacon, Damien from Poland. Okay, so um, we've had six games plus the championship round, and uh, we've had a final with Kalamedins and Damian from Poland, um, and the winner of the SBG World Championship Open here at uh, Ardacon is Damian. Well done, Damian. Yeah, thank you very much. And hi. <laughs> yeah, hello, hello, and thank you. So, Damian, uh, you, we actually played in the doubles on yeah. the first day, and. Um, I think you had Goblins and the Shade in that as well. Yes. Um, just first summarise your list, if you could. Uh, it, I know it's uh, a long list. but uh, Okay, I can do this uh, quickly. So it's Goblin King, Grinach, Goblin Captain, Goblin Mercenary Captain, Gollum, and 12 Mercenary Goblins with Captain, 32 uh, Goblins with this full warbands, just full warbands, uh, Gollum with the Ring, of course, uh, Shade with Waldwark and Spider Queen with Felbark. So uh, Shade has a wag with it. it yeah. yeah. And, and Spider Queen Felbark. Right. Okay. So this is a red alliance. Yeah. Um, which the rules have recently just changed. There's been an FAQ to make them slightly worse. And um, so I'm really interested. Um, I mean, you've managed to do well, so obviously it didn't. Yeah, but yeah. but does how does this affect your game, uh, your army list much? Uh, I mean. It affects, for example, banner, but I don't have banner, right? So, uh, why I have this work and Spider Queen and Shade? So, if you want to get this point from this last change in FAQ, you need to kill Shade and my work, not only one model. So, that's why I bring Mm. uh, these two models on the list. Just Shade go straight to the fight, Spider Queen uh, too, and these two works just... Uh, running and uh, missing enemy, just yeah. they didn't, didn't uh, never, ever fight, right? Never, uh, never in all the six games, uh, uh, seven I mean, games. A really, couple of times, maybe not couple of times. There's few, yeah. only few. Just uh, I mean, mean uh, Shade have free life or yeah. he can't escape, so I can bring this work or some. Uh, in domination, this work uh, take the points or something. So they can do this. They can be useful. They're fast. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And, and so in the last game, it was domination. So this was the final game of the tournament. Playing Callum Edens. He's got a Lake Town, Iron Hills, uh, Elves. Uh, he's got a lot of lot of tricky stuff in there. And I mean, he's he's obviously a high quality player. Yeah, you know, he's got all the way in. And what did you find difficult in that final game? Uh, um, I mean. This even in this scenario, just uh, these uh, objective markers is really important to put in the right place. Uh, unfortunately, he win the roll of the table, so he take this uh, almost all the points. Uh, but I just have a lot of models, and he really didn't uh, need to. I mean, need to split right so. Uh, shade could be really devastating in uh, because he of the one army on the uh, on the one edge and blocked himself. I think he blocked himself uh, a lot 
and I have that just shade her, Goblin King, all the mercenaries gone from this uh, ruin. Uh, on the other side, I have Golem with Ring and Spider Queen, and these two models just really good, uh, afraid that Tranduil. So he backed away, and that was really, really important for me because I don't need to make the mercenaries come from other side, just uh, and just they come on the left side. Uh, so if you just run this Tanduil, I can the Spider Queen, Golem, Captain, just few elves kill this and secure uh, two objects and mm. then uh, one up object. So this uh, I didn't understand. The, uh, I didn't remember the question. No, I just no, go into the game. What was difficult? What was yeah. difficult? Yeah. Uh, what is difficult? I mean, I really mean this only the positioning. Positioning, I think. Yeah. So where I put this. Spider Queen. I, I can't put there on the left because it's board edge, just the block, this ruin is blocked, so I need to put there on the right. And she was that um, the center of the game. She needs to just be there, kill this rest of the elves, this on the markers. So I think yeah, just just the positioning of all the models is, is the most tough decision on this bot- this game. I'm guessing um, that's when you're playing top top tables. It's all about those micro, tiny, tiny yes. decisions. Yes. And and if you make any wrong mistakes, then that's it. And um, Callum said that you because you uh, have a, a big, really big army uh, that um, that it took a bit of a time to get everything set up. And the, the, it, he 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 thought maybe if there were a few more turns, there might have been uh, might have been time for him to swing the tide. Do you think that's true? Uh, I mean. Uh, it's about a courage test because uh, oh he just broken hadn't he yeah I broke him he needs a few more models to broke me but uh, look at this he is on the corner and the ruin I mean yes the uh, break really hurts me but just only if one captain take this test and this 12 goblin under him he didn't have these models on the marker so even this just only if one captain passed the courage test I mean uh, spider queen or the golem I send him to the center because I'm afraid of the break if even one of these models take this and one goblin on the marker uh, luckily uh, then you would then you'd still have I mean, plenty left yeah I mean uh, plenty left and what I can do just take this, all these models, take this courage test, reduce to quarter, and I mean it's it's a win just because I have this, uh, I have really little of models, right? But I uh, on the markers, mm. so it really depends on this courage test, these captains. Uh, well, either way, Damien, it sounds like a, a really tense game, but an enjoyable one, I hope. And um, will you continue playing with Red Alliance Shades, uh, or do you think? Is this I mean, your only army, or do you play other stuff? I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, because a lot of people think Red Alliance is something, I know, is bad. Uh, yeah, for, a lot of people don't like them, yeah. I uh, don't like them. Or, uh, to be honest, uh, in the Poland, because I'm playing on the Poland, I'm playing a really, a really a lot of Red Alliance. So I'm testing this, which model is good with this Red Alliance. And, and yes, I probably will continue playing this. Uh, because it's, I think it's really strong. Yeah. Uh, I want to play a really strong list, right? Well, I, I think that's fair enough. If you can, and 
the recipe, I suppose the, the recipes, whatever the conclusion is, it, you've certainly done a cracking job. Uh, Red Alliance, you've proven Red Alliance are possible to win a, t- a massive tournament with 200 and something players in. So, Damien, uh, well done. You are officially the winner of Ardacon this year. So, uh, congratulations and a best of luck for next year if yeah. you want to come back. Yeah, of course I'll come back. I'm very thank you. I hope you understand me yeah. and my English. It's, uh, it's, we'll understand yeah, you. Don't okay. worry, Damien. So, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank all, you. all the best with your games. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. And that's it for my Ardacon coverage, episode three, all over and done with. Uh, it's been a fantastic to- uh, tournament. I've really enjoyed every step of the way. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed all three episodes. And I've tried to get them out as quickly as possible. So we're sort of riding that wave of, of hobby goodness that uh, follows Ardacon. Um, so the next uh, episode of Entmoot will be in. It'd be uh, not not this weekend coming, but the weekend after. So probably Tuesday, the first or so of September, something like that. Uh, so keep an eye out for it then. Um, and also, I've got the end of the Slow Grow League coming up in mid September. And if you're looking for tournaments uh, to f- book into for the uh, following next few weeks after Ardacon, uh, look no further than uh, Lord of the Imps, my very own tournament in Lincoln. Um, we've got about 30 players at the moment, which is fantastic. Um, we have capacity for 40. So if you can uh, come along, it's great. Uh, Lincoln's a fantastic city, lots to do. Um, and also I've got some funky scenarios, um, which I will be putting in a YouTube video very soon. One of which is the, uh, the Capture the Imp or Seize the Imp, a variation of Seize the Prize. So please do check that out uh, on my YouTube channel. Just search for Battle Games in Middle Earth on YouTube um, and that is pretty much it so thank you very much for listening once more uh, it's been a pleasure and don't forget Boo-ra-ra-ra.